Bring him up, gang. Bring him up. Here we go. History in the making. Green, green, green. The NASCAR season kicks off with a bang and a crash. And a crash. And a crash at the LA Coliseum, and Martin Trucks Jr. ends his long drought. How much of this will carry over to Daytona in two weeks? Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You're listening to the Riley Auto Parts Pit Reporters. With me this week, Dustin Long from NBC Sports and Heather DeBow from PRN and Fox. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome to the show. Glad to have Dustin and Heather here and glad that we had cars on the track finally. And it was quite a different show than it was a year ago at the LA Coliseum, Dustin, wasn't it? You know what? I'll tell you what. In in some ways, especially the heat races and the last chance qualifiers, I thought the racing was more entertaining. I thought it was in some ways better. Um, you know, I think when you compare it to last year, uh, you know, last year, the, the teams just didn't have the parts and pieces for the cars. And and I think all the drivers were basically told, be very careful because you destroy this car. You're really going to hurt, you know, us building, putting cars together the following week. So I, I think from a situation where, you know, they were so much more cautious last year and then immediately, I mean, I think you, you go back to practice on on Saturday and the contact between A.J. Allmendinger and Chase Briscoe and, and a team executive for another team was telling me, he's like, hey, man, when I saw that, He's like, that really stood out because that wouldn't have happened last year, some sort of payback like that. And he's like, I really wonder what these races are going to be like. And we saw immediately uh, drivers just die bombing, uh, you know, into the corners, you know, three cars behind somebody hitting and this whole accordion effect. And so it was a very different style of racing than what we saw last year. You know, the clash, uh, it kind of got to a point where all those cautions really kind of disrupted the rhythm of, of the race from a purist standpoint. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you kind of had, you know, you had, uh, accidents, action, some, uh, uh, movement up at the front and, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways there, there was a lot of things for fans to take away from Heather. what did you think of it all? Yeah, I would agree with everything that Dustin said. It definitely was a lot different from last year with the guys being able to be more aggressive and even having the year of a notebook under their belt on how these cars now work. They're a lot more comfortable um, so it was interesting to see some of them get aggressive, like you mentioned, but that's good short track racing. I think that's what we wanted to see, especially under the lights. I mean, the race is called the clash for a reason, and I definitely didn't mind seeing them bumping and banging on that short track as well. But um, I think it definitely had a different feel from last year. Last year, it was all very new. Nobody knew what to expect. It was the first time anybody saw that track inside the Coliseum. This year, fans came back because they loved it so much. I actually met um, a family that came for, to their first NASCAR race was last year at the LA Coliseum. And they loved it so much that they brought the entire family this time. And this time they had their scanners on. And that's actually how I met them is because I just happened to be walking by and they saw me, saw I had a scanner and they were having issues on how to get them to work and how to control them. So I was able to stop and help that family just kind of be able to experience the race a little bit better and be able to hear because it is very loud in there. And that's one unique Thing about the clash for those that haven't been when you're inside the stadium there is a dj mixing music the entire time during qualifying during the race we have mid-race concerts so it's kind of a club scene if you will in there so people are dancing having a good time and then meanwhile there's cars on track which we don't always get to see that at other tracks especially during qualifying there's usually no music it's pretty quiet and calm so i always think that's interesting it, it's an exhibition race and it's yeah. entertainment and you know hey it's hollywood you play it up a little bit different I mean, I agree with you both. I think it was a, a much more entertaining race this time. It was a different kind of race. It was that 
that stretch after the halfway break where they couldn't get a couple laps under their belt, that that stretched out, it seemed like forever. But once they got past that, you know, they had a pretty good run to the finish. And I, it, you take that little section out where it kind of got out of hand. And I thought it was a pretty good show all in all. Yeah. I, again, like I said, if it, it wasn't for that section, I, I think that, you know, there was a lot of entertainment. Uh, there was a lot of, there was a good bit of action. It wasn't just uh 20 some car single file going around um, and, and nothing happening. So, you know, and obviously the fan experience watching on television is different from the fan experience in the venue, as, as Heather was talking about, um, you know, and, and, and she talking about, you know, having the headphones and obviously she needed to have them down there in the pit area to some degree. But I think Heather would probably agree with me is, you know, we saw the, this was a race where they had the mufflers and, you know, somebody, you know, they, NASCAR is trying to get it to six to 10 decibels, uh, lower with, you know, not as loud. And you know what, it, it, it didn't seem as loud but it still had that roaring thunder to it. But it was like, you know, I, I remember being in the garage and them firing engines. And like last year, whenever they fired an engine in the garage and you were close to the car, I, you just, you couldn't talk to anybody. You couldn't have any kind of a conversation. And here you could probably, you could have a little bit more. You kind of had to speak up, obviously. And I think Heatherwood could probably attest to that too, being in, working in the garages. It just sounded a little bit different. And even on the track, um, it wasn't as loud. And again, I don't want to give the perception of it's like, Hey, these are electric cars buzzing around the track. They aren't, they still are stock cars. It's still, uh, it's not like the sprint car thunder and lightning division, but there's a lot of thunder still with these stock cars, I would say. Um, so I, you know, I think it's still an enjoyable thing. And, and as Heather said, there was a lot of entertainment, the DJ, uh, music going on the concerts, um, uh, you know, kind of like an NBA game, maybe, maybe like a, a or, or some other sporting event where, you know, you have a lot of music along the way. And so I think in that sense, it's, uh, it, it, you know, NASCAR is trying to do some different things. It doesn't mean all 36 points races and two exhibition races have to be the same. It's fine to mix it up. I mean, look, you've got a race on dirt. Not everybody likes dirt. That's fine. But there's still a race on dirt. It's something different. Well, you know, I, Heather and I was sitting there at home watching it and, you know, talking about the volume and the noise, you know, when Fox did their crank it up, I, it didn't sound any different to me than it normally does when they do that. Yeah. I didn't really, I mean, you could tell like, like that's what I'm saying when you're standing in the garage and they fired them up, you could definitely tell that it wasn't as loud as last year, but I actually wasn't in the infield for the race. This race, um, the track is so small. They only allow a certain amount of people inside. So I was actually sitting up in the stands next to the crew chiefs because they were all mixed in with the crowd as well. And I was actually texting Jamie little, anything that I was hearing on the scanners or anything that I could see from the bird's eye point of view. So I'm not really sure how loud it was for her and Regan down in there. They'd probably be able to tell you a little bit more if it uh, was less than last year, but they did say last year, you couldn't even talk to each other and hear each other down there. So it seemed like it definitely was a little bit better, but again, I didn't really notice it. I wasn't thinking during the race, like, Oh man, these cars just sound so quiet. I don't know what they, why would they do that to them? I honestly didn't even think about it. I actually had forgotten at that point that they had um, done something different with the mufflers for that race. So fans that were worried about that, don't worry about it. You probably wouldn't notice unless somebody told you. And Heather probably <laughs> had better seats than last year because last year the teams were put, what, in the peristyle and just sitting on what concrete blocks. And this time yeah. they were part of the stands <laughs> yeah. and actually had nice seats and, and, uh, so maybe a little bit better setting for you this time around. <laughs> yeah, and it was actually interesting because I, I just kind of looked for an open seat. I wasn't really paying attention to who it was. And I sat down to Drew Blickensdurfer. And if you remember early in the race, Eric Amarola had a good, co uh, good car. He was running well. 
until it came to the choose and there was a little bit of a miscommunication there. So the next thing you know, I had Drew Glickenstorfer leaning across me, yelling at the official that was sitting across the aisle. And I just felt like, uh, do you need me to move? Should I get out of the way? I don't know what to do right now. And I it fought, I had to fight every urge to text Jamie. Drew is losing it right now. He's screaming <laughs> at the official next to me. So I did not do that because I thought maybe he would look over my shoulder and see me texting about it. What are you saying? And But no, Drew's really awesome. He's a super nice guy. And he even later waved down the official that was sitting on the other side. And he's like, hey, hey, I'm not actually mad at you. I'm not mad at you. You're fine. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just funny to be that close to a crew chief when they're yelling because we've all seen it but to be really right next to them <laughs> was a whole different experience yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, that's true i've stood there and watched them yell at them and try you, you pull back the mode muff and you're trying to listen to see what they're saying and a lot of times you can't hear all they're saying well oh yeah no this, there was no confusion there i knew exactly <laughs> what you <he> were saying <laughs> i can imagine well we do know the tv numbers did come back down 15 percent from a year ago but i don't know that that is a surprise whenever you have something for the second time, you didn't expect it to get necessarily bigger numbers than a year ago. And 15% is not an unreasonable drop. I did hear uh, Adam Stern from the sports business journal saying that uh, I think that like that uh, field of dreams, baseball game was 40% below what it had been the first year. So a 15% drop, not bad at all. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's still, other than last year's, it's still one of the higher ones uh, ratings for the clash in the last few years. And, and certainly, you know, why, why, why was this concept even created was because there was this, I guess you can say a waning interest in the event when it was at Daytona, it gets uh, moved off the oval, puts on the, on the road course, NASCAR. Look, if, if they were selling out Daytona for the clash, would this event move to LA and, and you had this opportunity for NASCAR, you know, quite frankly, probably not. But because of the the interest, the attendance, the viewership was down. And look, you know, one year the race got put on a Tuesday night, and that's just, you know, it was almost became more of an afterthought at Daytona. Even for, um, you know, you hear so many people on social media say, "Oh, it still belongs in Daytona." Well, okay, then you know, where were you watching it? You know, in those years past, were you there or were you watching on TV? And and probably, you know, based on numbers, not a lot of them were. So um, that gave NASCAR the opportunity to take this risk to try something different. You know, who would have thought to put a racetrack inside a, a stadium and it opens the door for NASCAR to try some other things. Obviously, we'll see the Chicago street course uh, race later this year. First time on a street course. Again, it's it's going to be an event. Uh, obviously, there'll be a race part of it, but it'll be a, a big event. And, you know, if this works and it becomes something that can be bi bigger and bigger and grow, then it, it's an option for other cities. Or if it only has a three year run in Chicago, it can it can move to somewhere else. All right, we'll see how it works out. When we come back, I want to tech, check with the Heather and, and Dustin and see what they think. Should this race, the Clash, go back to the L.A. Coliseum for a third year? See what they think when we come back. Hey, Pack Rat. Yeah, you. Are you moving cross country and you just don't know who to call? Call us right now. Listen, you've probably seen one of our containers in your neighborhood, but did you know that we can help you move anywhere in the United States? It's real simple. We'll drop a container off at the location you tell us to bring it to. You pack up your valuable possessions at your leisure. They stay safe right in your home. And when you're ready, call us. We'll come and pick up the container and give you a scheduled date of when your furniture 
furniture and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a pack rat. Join the pack rat family. Call pack rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, pack rats. 800 876 3515 Hi, this is PRN's Brett McMillan. You know, you don't spend your life just sitting around, so what you need is PRN's mobile app. By downloading the mobile app, you can listen to our live race broadcast from anywhere. Make sure you don't miss a second of the action from the track. If you download it today, you get station listings and on-demand access to your favorite studio shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, or Garage Pass. Get all the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app. Download today. Available at the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Get your NASCAR fix with PRN's Garage Pass. This car puts on really good shows at, you know, mile and a half, two-mile tracks, and I expect nothing less. Obviously, it's not the spot we want to be in. We'd love to have a win by now and feel like we should have, but it's just been one of those seasons where when we have cars good enough to win, we haven't done all the other things right. I feel like it's going to be an opportunity to win and feel like, you know, it's an opportunity to win at home as well. So want to take advantage of both of those things. Hi, I'm Mark Garrow, tracking the latest racing news every weekday. Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back, along with Heather Dubow from PRN and Fox and Dustin Long from NBC Sports. I'm Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. All right, Heather, we've seen it twice now, the clash at the Coliseum. Do you think it is ready for a third time? You know, attendance obviously wasn't what it was the first year, but if we're talking 50 60%, that's still forty to 50,000 people there. Attend, you know, TV numbers were down 15%, which is we talked about before the break. Not horrible. That's that's probably to be expected along those lines. So do you try it a third time? You know, that's a good question. And I've tried to think about this because I'm not really sure if you do or don't. Um, you mentioned tradition. People want to see it back in Daytona, but do they go to actually watch it at the track? But then you have to think about things like, well, if you weren't going to do it in LA, where would you do it? And if it happens in that same time of year, you have to be somewhere where it's warm and the weather's nice. So it's not like you can just pick anywhere across the country, because then I would say, let's go somewhere where NASCAR really doesn't race like Montana or something. But obviously you can't do that in February because it'd be too cold and probably snowing. So I think LA is a great market. I think that maybe they can still do the clash there, but think of more ideas on how to keep its uniqueness like the concerts, for example, maybe they can do a festival or maybe they can bring another series to race on Friday night before the clash or something like that, or Saturday night and make it into more of a weekend event to where there's more going on to draw more people. So I think that could be an idea. I don't really know if I have a good answer on if they should or shouldn't, but I feel like they probably will have it in LA next year. And one guy that said that he would come back and do that race is Jimmy Johnson. He was actually on the free race show for Fox and they asked him if he had ever raced at the LA Coliseum. And he said, yes, that he had, I believe in a stadium truck or it might've been 
a dirt bike, but I can't remember, but he said they used to go out through the, uh, where the peristyle is, turn around in the parking lot and come back in. And then after him seeing the clash in person, he said he definitely wanted to do it next year. So, Hey, Jimmy Johnson thought it was a good idea and he would be back. So maybe they should do it for a third year just for that reason alone. <laughs> just cause Jimmy Johnson wants it. Bye guys. You're a seven time <laughs> champion. You get the dictate. What do you think, yes. Dustin? Should it be back another year? Well, I think you have to look at a couple of different issues. And I think one thing that kind of came out this weekend is on Saturday, the announcement from Dave Allen, the president of Auto Club Speedway, confirming that Auto Club Speedway will not be on the on the NASCAR schedule in 2024 as they go through the renovations of the, the reimagination is what they're calling of that track from a two-mile track to a half-mile track. Even when he was asked about what about 2025, was it possible that they might not be ready? and might not be on the schedule. He said, yeah, that's possible. So, okay, think about this. If if you take the clash out of the Coliseum and don't come back and understand that NASCAR originally had a three-year contract, this would be next year, would be the third year. NASCAR has the option on, on if to return. That'll be a NASCAR decision. But if NASCAR decides to leave the Coliseum and not have the clash there next year, and you already have already stated that Auto Club Speedway, which is you know just outside of, uh, of LA a little bit, won't be there. Suddenly, this market that was so important to NASCAR is so important to NASCAR. The number two television market in the country is now without a NASCAR race. So I think from that standpoint, with Auto Club not being on the schedule next year, it's hard for me to imagine that they won't race at the Coliseum next year. Now, the debate this weekend was, or some of the talk became, hey, is it going to be a points race? Does this become the points race? That uh, takes Auto Club spot in the speed in on the schedule, and, and the, you can start the you can run the season, open the season, of the clash somewhere else, or bring it back to Daytona. You run the Daytona 500, then you then you go immediately out to the number two television market in the country. Now the issue, it, it, on theory and paper, sounds like a good idea, but you know there's there's other things to consider, other pieces of paper, things like a charter <laughs> agreement, and so with the the charter agreement, you know I went and talked to a bunch of team executives, like you know you understand that with the charter it's supposed to be 36 cars are all guaranteed a starting spot in each race. Well, if it's a points race, okay, you can't put 36 cars out on the Coliseum. It's just not going to work. And I, and I talked to some team executives asked, what's the language like and what does it say in terms of could, could you have a points race without 36 cars uh, in the, in the feature event? And each one of them said, you know, Dustin, that's an interesting question. We're going to have to go back and look at the, look at the document and see how that works. But I think again, now you've got a year or you've got, you know, six, eight months before the schedule comes out. So you, you, you can work something out. It needs to be, if you want to make it a points race, I just think it's probably better to have it as an exhibition race. You can have this halftime break. You can have this concert at halftime. You can have this pre-race concert. I mean, yes, the Daytona 500 has a pre-race concert, but you're not going to put a concert in the middle of that race or a, probably most points races or any points races with stage breaks and things like that. So I think because it's LA, it's an entertainment aspect um, again, I understand it's not all fans want that, but there are some fans who do want that. And again, NASCAR is trying to reach to a broader audience and trying to, you know, show some different things and, and not run the same thing 36, 38 times a year. I just, I think there's an avenue that I, I would be more shocked than anything if there isn't a race in, in LA at the Coliseum next year. And Heather, I thought you, you brought up a great point. It, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you hear people talk about firing coaches and stuff like that. You don't do it sometimes unless you have a plan to who who you're going to replace this person with or a better replacement than what you've already got. And I think you made a great point in that, all right, 
What's your plan if you don't go back to L.A. for the clash next year? In addition to what you guys are both talking about with the L.A. market, Mike, you got to have something in the L.A. market, I would think. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot of, that's got to go through here before you can make any kind of decision, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to think about. And I'm definitely not in charge, so I, I really don't have a good um, solution. You However, got Ben Kennedy's ear, don't you? Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I guess I could, but... A lot of people that I've been reading on social media and things like that, and this track has come up a lot, and it's a track that I've been to before when I used to cover the West Series, and a lot of people have said Irwindale, because Irwindale is in that market in Southern California. They have great racing at that track. The facility, I don't know, would be able to hold that many people, but for like an exhibition-type race like the Clash, it could be something to look at, and they always have a good crowd. They have a great fireworks show. They have the Night of Destruction where they tow trailers and bash into each other. And <laughs> it's actually really, really fun. So I think maybe that's an idea. Maybe Irwindale could be a possible market for an exhibition style type clash race if they don't do it at the clash at the Coliseum. Irwin's half mile, right? I believe so. I believe it's either a third or a half. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there a number of times. It's a beautiful, it's a great little track. I've not been there. I know it's a really nice track. And I mean, and Heather makes a, a great comment about just, just you know, that would might be a good place. I just think, I, I think if you just put it in, I, I think the challenge, I guess, let's put it this way, is you know, NASCAR's having to spend this money to build the track each year and tear it down. So if it's if they feel like it's more economical and they can put out a deal to to run it, let's say at Irwindale. Um, then, then maybe you do it as opposed to spending a million, couple million, or a few million dollars to, um, you know, build it in the Coliseum and so forth. But I think if you're fine with spending that money, I still think you put it in the Coliseum. Um, you have that big stadium uh, effect. You have that feel to it. And um, you know, again, it's look, Irwindale's got it's a great facility, but it it doesn't have the history of the, of the Coliseum. Uh, being able to run a race at the same place that's hosted the Olympics, it's hosted the Super Bowl, hosted the World Series, and hosted many other things and, and other concerts and, and shows and things like that. I think there, there's something there. Does that mean that, that people are showing up at, at the Coliseum just to go watch a race because it's the Coliseum? No, that's not. I understand that's not the, the biggest reason. Um, I think if you, it, you know, it, it just depends on what you want to get out of it. And I think, and, and bottom line is, you know, it'll be NASCAR, but I think it's also a, a big factor, you know, is, is what Fox wants. I mean, Fox was, you know, very involved in this process and in, in, in putting this race there and being involved with it and, and having the race in, in, in the LA market. And, and Fox does, I mean, look at all the things that they do there and, and they, they really, they play it up big. It's not like it's a, um, you know, they put forth their, their hundred percent, 150% effort. I mean, they, they bring out all the, all the big, all the big guns for, for those, that race. And it, and it, and it matters. So I think that's another aspect of it. I mean, look, you know, Fox has made the commitment by showing the heat races, last chance qualifiers on big Fox. It's not, you know, nothing against FS1, but it, they're putting it on network. So more and more people can watch it. And I think, I think you keep it at the Coliseum, um, because it's a big time event. You want it to be a big time event. Um, I, because Irwindale doesn't have the history of North Wilkesboro, because people say, "Hey, look, you know, they're going back to North Wilkesboro. That's a small track, and what is it? The attendance is going to be what twenty-five, no more than twenty-four thousand. Twenty-four thousand. So, yeah. I mean, again, that's a very small, intimate setting. Are we going to see the All Star Race at North Wilkesboro year after year? 
I don't think so. I think that's an event that's going to move around. Does that mean if it goes well, maybe there's a points race there at some point? Maybe so. I don't think it'll be 24,000. I think they'll they'll expand it a little bit more but or, or try to find some more seating if it's a points race. But I, I just think that um, the Coliseum does add to everything that makes it a big-time feel, and I think that's what you want to start the season. And again, if you if you're going to make the Coliseum a points race, just like Heather said, you know the 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 um, the clash has got to be a big event. And 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 like she said, it's where are you going to put it at? Because you're looking at a race in early February. There's only so many places in the country that you can put it in with warm weather and guaranteed warm weather. For the most part, you're going to have sun in LA. You're not going to have the as much of a chance of a rain out because you know that just really kills the atmosphere if you get something rained out when you're trying to put something like this together. All right, Heather, I got it. Proof if, if the Chicago street course proof of concept works, Fox has got this huge studio in Los Angeles. You just let them run through the studio, man. And you, and you can have like sets from uh, old movies set up around. It'd be great. You know, they, they made it, they made a pier in La, in uh, Miami for the F1 race. So you have like sets of movies and they can run through all these movie sets. Great idea, right? I like it. Yeah, I like it. Just do it on the Fox lot. Yeah. And it's funny that you brought up the pier because I was thinking about um, Global Rally Cross back in the day. They actually had an event on the Long Beach Pier, and then they also did one on a naval base as well. So that could be something to look into. Maybe you go down to San Diego to the naval base and you build a course there. I don't know. That could be fun, right? Oh, Jimmy Johnson <laughs> would definitely run in San Diego. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, course. when we come back. There was a guy that won the race, and it had been a long time since he got a checkered flag. We'll talk about Martin Truex Jr. when we return. We want to help extend the life of your vehicle. Add Z-Max Microlubricant to the fuel and oil where it uses the fluids to reach internal parts. As it soaks into metal, Z-Max disperses harmful carbon buildup to help improve performance, reduce emissions, extend engine life, and increase fuel mileage. Buy Z-Max today at ZMAX.com or your local auto parts store. Help your vehicle run better with Z-Max Microlubricant. NASCAR returns to Austin March 24th through the 26th with more entertainment and more fun, including a concert by Darius Rucker. The Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix will be a 20-turn battle featuring fancy footwork, mandatory, and body blows, guaranteed. In the end, grit and determination earns a star. It stripes. Will it be Elliott, Chastain, Suarez, or another? Y'all in? Tickets at NASCARAcoda.com. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Start your engine! Justine in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll slide up in front of William Byron. Three wide now, down the back stretch, into the bottom of three. Side by side, down the front stretch. One lap to go here in Vegas. Larson with a nose out in front of Bowman down the Nellis straightaway. They stay door to door, side by side. Bowman at the bottom, he slides up in front of Larson. Larson with the crossover, he's out of time. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Now we've got a half a dozen cars sliding through the infield grass. Noah Gregson is fun, but they are still side by side for the lead. Almendinger's got the advantage on the inside of the turn three. When the NASCAR Cup Series races at Las Vegas, Atlanta, Circuit of the Americas, Bristol, Dover, Charlotte, Sonoma, Nashville Super Speedway, New Hampshire, and Texas, it's right here on PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Almendinger gets jumped out of the way by Kevin Harvick. Harvick goes to P1. 
Follow at PRN Live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back. Along with Dustin Long from NBC Sports, Heather DeBow from PRN and Fox. I'm Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. And uh, Dustin, Martin Truex Jr. had that just, it was a miserable year in 2022. He couldn't, how many times did he say from September on, can we please just get to 2023? And now we know why. <laughs> yeah, you know, who would imagine? I mean, you know, look, if somebody, there was somebody that really needed a strong performance in the, uh, the beginning of the season, it's Martin Truex Jr., James Small, that group. I mean, boy, they came close so many different times. Um, I, I remember Nashville that, the, you know, they could have restarted on the front row on the last restart, and Martin misunderstood the instructions and came down pit road and, and gave up a, a starting spot on the front row. Uh, and uh, and that was a race that maybe they could have won. There was a few others. I think what was it? New Hampshire was one. It wasn't one that got away from them, and and a couple others. So that yeah, the last stage you got away from. Them, yeah. yeah. So it's just you know it's that's what you need. Again, it, you know you're not going to make or break your season based off what happens in the clash, but it's just about feeling good. And this was a team that you know you just feel like you're just getting hit with bricks every weekend and it's just like it makes it harder and harder to get to the track and just you're waiting you're waiting to see what's going to happen next now when you get this win you get this confidence doesn't mean that they're going to go knock you know take over the world at Daytona but it's just like hey you know we can do it we're this group we're, this is who we are we can win more races let's go do it and i think that's just the attitude approach and how many times do we hear about this sport even though it's all mechanical so much is about the mechanics it is such a people sport and it's important because it's those people putting the cars together and putting the time all that extra all that effort into it and uh you know they need they need to see that reward from time to time heather what'd you think about drewx's performance i know he was just ecstatic when it was all over yeah, he had a great weekend. I mean, they were fast in practice. He was in the top two in his group. I think every session they went out, he won his heat race, then went on to win the race. So they had a stellar weekend. And it's just so interesting to see, not just from him, but other teams mentioned how much better they were this year and how far they had come. And I know James Small talked about that. I'm not going to say exactly what he said, but <laughs> you got to love his accent. You got to love his sayings. But he basically said they were terrible last year. And to see where they are now is just such an improvement. And you could tell they were just happy and they felt good about how they performed it. You could see it in their face and the way that they were just relaxed. You can always tell with a driver and team when they're performing well, because you can see it in their body language almost and just on their face, how they're feeling. And of course, it's the first race of the season. It's not a points race. They're just there to, you know, have some fun, get the bragging rights, get the money. But you still want to start your season off like that on the right foot. And it, and it really reminds me of when Martin won the championship the year that he did, there was that vibe in the air with that team. I mean, they just had it going on for them. And I know that there's different people in different roles. Of course, you know, Cole Pern was the crew chief then, and he had Blake Harris, who's now the crew chief for the 48. But he has a good team around him still. And like Dustin mentioned, the people that go into it and what everybody does and how well they're gelling and working together definitely plays a role. So I think the 19 team has that now. It looks like they're all happy and on the right track for the 2023 season. So we'll see if Martin can keep it up moving forward. How much momentum do you think this gives them? Or is it just the whole confidence, the feel good, the monkey off their back? You know, I could throw out some more puns or you know, some more cliches, but I mean, does this really help them that much? I think it helps, but I think I think you also have to look at it. You know, I think different teams use this event differently. You look at, like for last year, you want to look at the opposite end of the spectrum. RFK Racing had both cars fail to make the, the, the clash last year. And what happened when they went to Daytona two weeks later? Brad Kozlowski and Chris Busher each won their qualifying races. 
So it's not like a detriment. Um, it's going to tear your season apart. And just like I say, just because Martin wins at the clash doesn't mean he's going to go on a, a heater and win six, seven, eight races this year. Now he may, and if he does, good for him. And it was a great decision last year to say, you know what, I want to come back and and I don't want to leave the sport just yet because I feel like I'm a, a good enough racer and I can win races and I want to go out and do it. I don't want to I don't want to go out this way like they did last year. So yeah, I think it's just it's just it's some confidence. But uh, you know, this sport is uh it can knock you down real fast. So uh, as as Truex and his team knows, but but having been to Victory Lane, I think just helps on on some of those tough days that'll probably be coming up. You mentioned James Small, Heather, the crew chief, and you know I know it was wearing on him as well as Martin last year. I mean, I'm I had their pits in uh, in New Hampshire last year, and they were so good the first two stages. And boy, they just were out to lunch that final stage, and it was just. It, it, Martin's on the radio going, oh, here we go again. It's been like this all year long. I mean, it was like, it's, it's like listening to Eeyore the whole third stage. I mean, and you could just feel that he, once they lost it, it was like, we're done. It's, and, and, you know, you just feel like now at least they know that they can, they can finish this year. And I think that's going to be huge for them. Yeah. As I said, I think that, like I said, you could tell a difference with him and in their talking and, and listening to scanners all year during, you know, the first portion of the year with Fox and scanning the drivers and teams for Jamie, you can hear a difference in a shift when teams aren't doing well. And then it just kind of keeps going down and down and down. And so for them to start off like on the right foot this year and have some confidence to know that they still have it and still can put the, the victory in their pocket, that's always good. And also, I mean, the whole entire organization did pretty well overall this weekend. They were all fast. I mean, Ty Gibbs was really quick. He probably could have been, super competitive had they not had the issue with the fire in the car and basically having to rebuild that and you know that kind of thing and then Hamlin was fast there but then he kind of got into some trouble and also Christopher Bell was fast so the whole organization is JGR like they showed up at the clash they had speed and then even the teams the Toyota teams like Bubba Wallace he he showed speed and you know they kind of all worked together so maybe this year all those teams will be good but it's good to just know that going into the season you have it. You've got the speed. You showed up. You won the race. Now let's keep going with that and continue on as the season goes. Well, each weekend, the Riley Auto Parts Pit Reporters will give you a chance to go to goprn.com and vote in our poll. And this week's question is, can the Clash win boost Truex back into championship form? Yes or no? Last week, we asked you which team or teams should Toyota target for 2024? They're talking about adding four to two to four cars for next year. And you guys think they should look for a new team. 55% say that. 20% said Legacy Motor Club. Get Jimmy Johnson to come over to the Toyota camp. That's interesting. Stuart Haas got 15% of the vote and only 10% for Trackhouse, which is a team a lot of people think that uh, Toyota may be uh, targeting. Justin Mark says they, he wants them to be disruptors. Wouldn't that be something? Yes, it would be. All right. <laughs> when we come back, well, Jimmy Johnson has added another official race to his calendar. And we know what Kevin Harvick's going to be doing next year. And it's not really a surprise. Stay with us. Greece is cheap, but the airfare costs a fortune. Paris, not much closer. And again, airfare. What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it. Flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? 
low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-218-4909. Again, that's 800-218-4909. Want to hear one of our past shows? Visit GoPRN.com. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. I'm Paul Shad in Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville here on Z-Max Racing Country. Going to Nashville, Kathy and Thomas Ray. Dirk Bentley said that your album blew his mind. That's probably one of the highest compliments you could get. Yeah, if Dirk likes it, then you know that hopefully some people are going to like it. We're so proud of bringing you the best singers in country music and the biggest stars in NASCAR. Z-Max Racing Country. Music from the fast. From the Granite State of New Hampshire down through North Carolina and all the way to California, the Speedway Motorsports Incorporated footprint is truly national. That's your engine! This is Bristol. Hey, drivers, light these bad boys up! From zero to wow. We've got a car in trouble, and that guys will bring out a caution. Fans are on their feet. SMI action is never-ending. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And welcome back along with Heather DeBow from PRN and Fox. Dustin Long from NBC Sports. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. So let's start off with Jimmy Johnson, who uh, announced, as you talked about earlier, Heather, on the Fox pregame, pregame, pre-race, pregame, whatever it is. They're all the, they're all long. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson said that he will run the Chicago street course that in addition to the Daytona 500 said he'd like the run between five and 10 races. We've heard five, 10 is something that was a little bit new to me, but he says the Chicago street course is one that he is going to run beyond that. He's still kind of trying to put his schedule together, but not surprised. I don't think Heather, that that's one that Jimmy Johnson picked something new and exciting. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to be there for the Chicago street course? It's the first time it's ever been done. And he just came off the IndyCar schedule where he was doing road course racing. So why not? And also he has Le Mans that he's going to. So he has a lot of road course background now. But it is interesting that you mentioned, you know, he's thinking about other races that he wants to do. And they kind of try to tell him, hey, um, I think you should do the Bristol dirt race. And he hesitated for a minute and kind of went, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I thought for a second we were going to get breaking news that he was like, yeah, I'm going to do that one. So I feel like that could be the next one that he announces, maybe the Bristol Dirt Race. And of course, PRN will be there to cover it. And I'm excited. I'll be there for that one, too. So, I mean, any race that Jimmy wants to run, I'm all in for because it it's great to see him back in the sport because he is the GOAT. And he's probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet as well. So I just enjoy him very much. So anywhere, anywhere he wants to race, 
I'm down for it. <laughs> I did think it was funny during the course of the broadcast, Dustin. He was he was in the booth during the first part of the broadcast. He goes, how much can I talk about my cars? And then uh, and they said, oh, that's fine. And uh, Stuart was up there. He goes, yeah, I talk about mine all the time. And then and then <laughs> Eric Jones wrecked and Johnson goes, ooh, that's one of mine. <laughs> but, you know, that's going to be good to see Jimmy. And, hey, you know, you pick something like that. I, you know, I... Uh, the 600, unfortunately, where he's been so good, will not be on his schedule because I think he's going to be at Le Mans that weekend. Le Mans will be in June, but I think he'll be yeah. tr- we'll be out there preparing or, or so forth. But I think uh, I think one that we might see or I think he'd like to do is uh, is is be there for All Star Weekend at North Wilkesboro. And and look, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm sure NASCAR can find a way in the rules as the rules keep changing for the All Star event um, to you know, guarantee that a seven-time champion is in the all-star race and doesn't have to go through the all-star open or get the fan vote or, or something like that. So I, I think that, uh, you know, that would be a good one. Like Heather says, it would be really neat to see Jimmy on dirt since he used to do, was it the Mickey Thompson series and, and run on the stadium series in dirt and, and do things like that. And then really that's where he was really seen and, uh, you know, by Chevrolet's Herb Fischel and, and that really just kind of changed uh, the direction of, of Jimmy's uh, career and life in, in a lot of ways. So uh, I think, you know, that's the nice thing when you're a seven-time champion, you know, if you, you should hopefully you can get the, the sponsorship, put everything together, you can pick and choose the races you want. So you can do a Bristol Dirt if you want. You can do North Wilkesboro if it fits into your schedule. Uh, you know, you do the Chicago Street Course race, which will be on NBC in July. So that's something we're looking forward to. Uh, you can do a, a few other races that, that you want to pick up here and there. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see which ones he does. Will he will he backload a few toward the end of the season or, or things like that? And and just how much he learns with this car and how much he can contribute to uh, you know Eric Jones and Noah Gregson. I'm sure he's certainly going to be leaning on them uh, early on. But uh, at some point, will he be able to help those guys with what he's picking up with the car? Well, and another announcement that came this last weekend, and I think a, a surprise to no one. Kevin Harvick announced that he will be the third man in the booth for Fox next season. And I think, Heather, we all kind of expected this was going to be what the story was, or this was the guy that was going to permanently fill that seat when Fox chose not to fill the seat this year. You probably had the inside yeah. scoop anyway. <laughs> I, You would think that I would have the inside scoop, and I heard years ago, or uh, the last couple of years, that was kind of the rumor going around that Harvick was going to join the booth. But of course, we had to wait for him to make a retirement announcement before that actually happened. So some people thought that was happening last year. Now that he retired, people thought, okay, he's going to end up in the booth. So it'll be interesting to see him up there um, mixing it up with Clint Boyer and Mike Joy. It'll be interesting to see how different that booth is from when Jeff Gordon was up there with those guys because they kind of had a different relationship. So I'm interested to see what Kevin Harvick will bring to the booth as far as personality goes and if he can help wrangle Clint a little bit in or <laughs> if he's going to get ra- roped up in that personality like Jeff did and they're both going to be out of control and then Mike's still the ring ringmaster, if you will. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I know Kevin's really good, though, in the booth. and I've really always enjoyed whenever he's been a part of like the all drivers broadcast that they've done in the past or any of the Xfinity races that he's been in the booth for. He always does a great job, so he's definitely a good addition to the team for sure. I think I know it's the the competition network, but you guys don't televise at the same time, so it's it's kind of like us and MRN. You don't televise and broadcast the same event, so it's not really competition per se. But but I think Kevin will do a great job. Yeah, he can be yes. very cerebral, but he can also explain things so fans can understand them. 
Well, and he's going to have uh, you know a couple years of experience with this car and and seen its development, been a part of its development, and really be able to explain a lot of things from a firsthand standpoint. And again, um, you know, Clint Boyer works at that and does that too. Jeff Burton on our side, Dale Jr. Uh, but it's also you know when you're coming straight out of the car to the booth that that that's something that you can you can relay that information and share the stories and 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 like heather said kevin's really good in the booth when he's been in there he's enjoyable to listen to uh, you often learn something kind of pick up a few things and he's you know i i think that's i think that's it's not only great for fox i think it's great for the sport that the the more people you have that have the the different perspectives and can relay that in in an informative and entertaining way i think is is only a win for the fans and finally, uh, it's been announced that Connor Daly, the IndyCar driver, is going to be at the Daytona 500. Uh, ran the Roval at uh, Charlotte last year. Unfortunately, didn't run very long. Had some problems, but uh, he's going to be running the, at the Daytona, or at least trying to qualify for the 500. Heather. Yeah, I always enjoy Connor. He's another one of those guys that's just fun to keep your eye on. A good personality. Um, we did see him race last year, so it'll be interesting to see if he can qualify for the Daytona 500. And I know a lot of drivers have always wanted to do that, right? Like everybody kind of has that on their bucket list of accomplishments they want to cross off if they don't race in NASCAR full-time, if they're coming from another uh, motorsport like IndyCar, or if you're like a Travis Pastrana who wants to try everything, you know, those guys, they always want to do the Daytona 500. So it'll be cool to see yet another driver from a different discipline come over and see how well they can do. And, and, and Heather's right. You know, Connor, the, the personality, I mean, is – is, is, you know, for those who aren't as familiar, I mean, he, he's, you know, he, he's quite a personality on the IndyCar series, um, you know, hasn't had the, the best of luck at times. Certainly it was, it was it last year's Indy 500 a year before he was, he was leading a bunch of laps and, and, you know, potentially in a position and that would have been a big win, um, you know, cause he's a local guy there and that would have been a really popular win and maybe he'll get that win at some point, but you know, I, the sport NASCAR has a lot of good personalities, but it doesn't hurt to bring in some others. And that's why, you know, it's a shame that Elio Castro Nevis wasn't able to get into that car and a deal wasn't able to be put together for him to run that car because he's a, he's a fantastic personality. He's a fantastic ambassador just for motorsports in general. Uh, I think Connor Daly provides a lot of that. And you certainly will hope to see Elio have the opportunity to run a NASCAR race or run a few NASCAR races in the future. And, and, and that would be great to see. And, and hopefully, you know, he can get into something that's competitive. You look at what Trackhouse is doing uh, with the 91 car. And they had, uh, you know, Kimi Raikkonen in it at Watkins Glen last year and and looking at having some more people in it this year. And uh, I think, you know, one name I heard that uh, could be in it would be would be really fascinating to see and, and, and really make things fun on a road course. You're just going to tease us, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, nothing's <laughs> done yet. But from what, you know, what I heard, it sounds like it could be could be interesting and fun. And, uh, you know, I think that's good. It, it, it adds a little bit element. That doesn't mean, you know, the, the sport is in desperate need of personalities. I think the sport's got a lot of personalities. I think there's, you know, not every, I don't want everybody in the garage to be the same because then it's just, it's, it's vanilla. It's all the same. Cause you've seen it. You know, you've got a Kyle Busch, you've got a Chase Elliott, you've got a Ryan Blaney, you've got Kyle Larson, uh, you've got many others. And, and I think uh, it, it's just fun to see the garage. And when you can add somebody like a Connor Daly, Elio Castro Nevis, or somebody else, I think that just only enhances things for the sport. All right. When we come back, I'm going to find out who these guys think or what they're going to be watching for the big stories this year as we start 2023. Grind. 
friction, wear, destructive words when it comes to an engine. Adding Z-Max Microlubricant to your oil and fuel allows it to soak into metal to disperse harmful carbon deposits. You wouldn't wax a car with dirt on it. Don't run your engine without Z-Max. Help improve performance, reduce emissions, extend engine life, and improve fuel mileage with Z-Max Microlubricant. Get Z-Max today at ZMAX.com or your local auto parts store. Hi, I'm PRN's Alexis Eric. Want to listen to PRN anywhere you go? By downloading the PRN mobile app, you can listen to live race broadcasts and have on-demand access to your favorite shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, Garage Pass, and PRN's At The Track. Download today to make sure you don't miss any of the action. Get the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app, available on Apple App Store and Google Play. Find more information at goprn.com. We've got more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hey, I'm Corley Joy for Speedway Children's Charities. The mission for Speedway Children's Charities has remained true since its founding almost 40 years ago. To care for children in educational, financial, social, and medical needs in order to help them lead happy and productive lives. So many children have benefited from our group in the past, but we need your help now more than ever. Our local chapters are more than just fundraisers. They are partners in change, working with a broad range of people and organizations to help children in their communities. Want to make a real difference in a child's life? Start by heading to speedwaycharities.org today. Make a donation, volunteer, or attend one of the dozen fundraising events we host at our chapters. There's so much we can do when we all join together, so let's start today. Again, visit speedwaycharities.org to learn more. I thank you in advance for your help. Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit GoPRN.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. Hey, welcome back. Along with Dustin Long from NBC Sports, Heather DeBow from PRN and Fox. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right, as we start 2023 at Daytona in uh, a little over a week, Dustin, what what are the big stories you're going to be watching for this year? Well, I think I think the biggest one that, that a lot of people, I think there are two big ones that I'll be watching. Certainly one will be safety. Obviously, a lot was made of the, the cars last year, the impact that the cars had last year, what the drivers went through, how much, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch being out with injuries uh, for to the concussion-related injuries because of impacts. The rear end softened. How much will that help, I think, is going to be a big thing. We'll, we'll wait to see what the impacts are like, what the drivers are like, and how they're doing. And I think, the, you know, I think one that, that fans are going to be watching is, is Kyle Busch. After 15 years of Joe Gibbs racing, going to Richard Childress racing. And I think what makes this even more interesting, although there's a lot there in that, is just that, you know, he goes into the number eight car that Tyler Reddick drove as Reddick moves over to 2311. Now, Reddick won three races. So I think that, you know, Bush and Reddick are going to be compared all year. And I think that, you know, if if Kyle Bush doesn't win in the first 10 races, Everybody's going to be wondering what's wrong because that car won three races last year. And if Tyler Reddick you know, wins a race or two early in the season, that puts more pressure or people are going to be asking more questions about 
um, what Kyle does. Just as, you know, if Kyle comes out, wins three or four races, and Tyler hasn't done anything, people are going to be wondering a little bit about Tyler over at 2311. So I think I think those two are going to be wrapped together all year. Um, and, but, uh, you know, I, I think people want to see what, what Kyle Busch can do, and I think this is going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. I agree with you. Heather DeBeau, what are you looking for? I always like to watch the progression of drivers and where they came from and where they're going. So for me, the rookie battle is going to be pretty fun to watch between Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson. Both those drivers have a lot of success. Both of them have very interesting driving styles. They're both aggressive, but in different ways. Um, they both came up through, you know, the ARCA series, ARCA East, ARCA West, ARCA Menard series, then up and through, you know, trucks and Xfinity and then into cup and some faster than others. Obviously we've seen Ty Gibbs jump into pretty much anything and be successful very early on at such a young age. So he's just going to be fun to watch to see how he does in cup. And of course his driving style, some people like the way he is, some people don't, but we'll see if he continues that in cup. And if the drivers in cup that are veterans, um, for lack of better words, put up with it. <laughs> so I, I think that'll be interesting to watch or how much he's just grown and matured because sometimes you can still be aggressive like that, but kind of get a maturity about you where you may or pick or choose when you decide to do things and when you make your move and when you're aggressive or not just that. I think sometimes guys grow out of that, but they still have it, but they learn a better way to approach it. And then Noah's just so fun. His personality has just come so far from when he was 15 in the Arca West series to now he's always been a fun, uh, guy to watch. He says something funny. You never know what he's going to say in an interview. Um, and, He's kind of turned into a little bit of a, he enjoys having a good time, like a little party animal, if you will. At the, waf at the Waffle House. At the Waffle, at the waffle yeah, House. So, exactly. <laughs> he goes to Waffle House. And so I just think I, I'm in, I'm intrigued about where they're going to go, what their success is going to be like behind the wheel. And then maybe even for Noah specifically with having Jimmy Johnson as a team owner and kind of a mentor, like how is he going to help maybe shape and mold that and maybe even make it better the personality of Noah. I think that Jimmy might have some really good insight on how to still be himself, but also like kind of take it to the next level as far as like a brand or just, I don't know. I just think it'll be interesting to watch. So those are the kind of things I'm keeping my eye on. Of course, Jimmy Johnson, and then just a quick shout out or head nod to Ryan priest. I just feel like he did so good at the clash. And I know he tweeted that he's been waiting for 2023, his entire life and to have an opportunity like this. So I know he's not a rookie, but he's kind of, maybe in that similar boat where he's trying to prove himself and show people what he can do too. So I'm keeping my eye on him as well. And that, that, that rookie battle, that rookie battle between uh, Ty and Noah will be fun. And, and again, you know, Noah made his feelings about uh, Ty quite evident last year and uh, especially last year at, uh, at Phoenix and just how he didn't like him. So will there be some more spice there? And, and, and that could be interesting to watch. And, and as Heather was talking about just Noah and his relationship with, with Jimmy. And, um, you know, I was talking with Noah a couple of weeks ago and he's like, I'm sure Jimmy's just going to be sick and tired of me by Daytona because I'm just wearing him out with questions about this. And that. and it's not all about the car. It's about things about being personality and off the track and this and that. But I just, it's a seven-time champion. I want to get as much as I can out of him. So Jimmy's going to put his arm around him and go, rule one, don't surf on golf carts. <laughs> White flag laps ahead. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. More of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. What kind of season is he having? Is he having a great season? Okay, good, really good, greater than or less than? As soon as Ross came out of the care center and started talking, he immediately wanted to package this as, now we're even. Teams are doing everything they can to find an advantage with this car. I still think the normal cream rises to the top now when it comes to road racing. Hi, this is Doug Rice. Join me every Monday night for Fast Car. The grassroots is where the hometown heroes of Friday and Saturday nights are and where the future stars of NASCAR are made. First career win for James Friesen in the Tass Racing Sportsman Series. From Eldora to Knoxville, Jennerstown to Lawrence County. Follow PRN's At The Track on Twitter and hear PRN's At The Track each week on broadcast radio stations, the free PRN app, or at goprn.com. PRN's At The Track, relentless passion for grassroots racing. Check out all of our show pages on GoPRN.com to find archived shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back. Time now for our white flag laps. And first up from PRN and Fox, it's Heather DeBoe. Thanks, Brett. So what I've been thinking about here for my white flag lap is the 75th anniversary of NASCARs this year. So they've been celebrating for quite some time how long this sport has been around. But there's going to be a lot of really neat um, storylines and things that are going to come out on the broadcast. I'm sure NBC has some that they're going to be planning as well. But with Fox, just seeing the history of the sport in the 75 years and how much it's changed, I think will be really exciting uh, to watch as we go through 2023. And I was thinking about, man, I've been in the sport since 2009. I've gone to every single cup track that's on the schedule currently. But I'm really excited that I'm going to get to add North Wilkesboro to my track resume and to have a little bit of that old school history as part of my career as well. So that's my white flag lap for you today. All right. Very good. You know, uh, for 25 of those years, Dustin Long's been covering NASCAR, <laughs> a full third of NASCAR's history. Thank you for making me feel old. I really appreciate that. Hey, hey, as, as Heather talked about the 75th anniversary of NASCAR, and obviously a, a lot of history that will be talked about this year, but I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to some of the history that will be made this year. You think about some of the history that was made last year. Who would have ever expected to have seen what Ross Chastain did 
and it just blew everybody's mind and and obviously led to a rule change you know joey logano becoming a two-time champion now there are two two multi-time champions in the sport will somebody else join them will it be chase elliott kyle larson or somebody else who else will provide that ross chastain moment for for the sport this year who will stand up and be the surprise will it be a ryan priest will it be one of the rookies uh, who will be the veteran that comes back? Maybe this is the year of Martin Truex Jr. I just think there's going to be a lot of storylines and it's going to be fun to watch. All right, real quickly, Heather, uh, 19 different winners, over or under? Uh, it's going to be less than that this year, I think. <laughs> Dustin, what do you think? Under. Under. Under, okay. You know, if you start looking at the guys who didn't win, like Truex and Blaney, and then who are you going to subtract on the other side? Lowski. Kislowski, who are you going to subtract on the other side? Could be more. We'll see. Dustin, Heather, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week on the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.